this morning I ask you, is it possible to experience his joy for us today? That's the, that's the title for today. His joy for us today. We've been looking at Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 3. Is it possible? Because some of you might have come through the journey last week. Some of you might have even come through the amazing uh, discussion and presentation that Elder Dick was doing every night on the Roman uh, from the Roman perspective and centurion and arm, armor and, and his Vietnam, you know, compared to his Vietnam uniform and things too. It was very interesting. But some of you might still be thinking, is it possible? Maybe that joy is for other people. Maybe I've gone too far away from God. Maybe I've, I have gone through so, too many difficult things in my life. It's not possible anymore for me to enjoy that kind of experience for me. It's for other people. Maybe some of you came today thinking, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to participate. I'm just going to go. But I know it's not for me because, because I, I've sinned too much or I'm too far away from him. I haven't read my Bible a lot. I haven't studied with him. I haven't made a commitment for him yet. So it's, it's not for me. Some of you might still be thinking his joy is for others. But I'm here to tell you that if you were the only one on this planet, he would still offer you his joy. His peace and his love. If you want it to experience the power of the resurrection, you've come to the right place. Because today, today, we celebrate in the best way possible, like Jesus told us to celebrate. He said, do this to remember me and to announce that I'm coming back. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, as we open your word, there must be, there, there might be someone in this room, someone listening to us online, who is still thinking that this joy of yours is not for them. It doesn't apply because of whatever. I pray today you open their eyes to see this is for them too. That your joy can be experienced today. Your healing can be experienced today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to our text in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Open it up in your Bible. Whatever sword you brought today, if not, we can provide a sword for you in the pew. Feel free to use that as well. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 through 3, let me read it again. We've been reading it these last few weeks. Therefore, therefore, I'll give you a little time. I hear pages turning, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. If you are at home listening to this, go ahead and sit down and look it up. See what it says. Don't take my word for it. 
Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know, sometimes we stop reading there. But it says, verse 3, Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that what? You will not grow faint and weary and lose heart. So that you will not become discouraged. See, sometimes we look at the cross and we say, praise God, he died for me 2,000 years ago. I believe that he is my savior. He gives me eternal life. But we don't keep going to understand that Paul is asking us to consider him. Consider the way that he endured. Consider the way that he put the joy before him to do what he did for you and me so that we don't lose heart. We don't get discouraged. We don't grow faint. The, the, the Greek word there is kind of like, it has to do with like fainting. Fainting in the mind, fainting of the heart, fainting spiritually. Do you feel discouraged today? I won't make you raise your hands. <laughs> but I can relate. Have you ever felt like fainting of heart? Some of you are experiencing from what uh, we might refer to as senioritis right about now. <laughs> On Tuesday, you will go and enjoy some time together. It might be the last trip you do together as a group like that. Yeah, it's time. And uh, as I sense and talk to some of you, I feel like you're so busy and burdened by the homework and the stuff that you have to do. And you lost heart, discouraged, weary, burdened down. Maybe you're, uh, some... Uh, Others have come today and you're experiencing a different kind of discouragement. You experience spiritual discouragement because you feel like you're far away from God. You feel like you haven't done your part in, the, in this relationship. And so how could you come to God now that you've gone away? Spiritual discouragement. Or, uh, so many painful experiences in your life, broken, brokenness, and you just feel like God just let you down. How is he allowing all this stuff to happen in my life? You've come with discouragement. You, 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 you live weary. And that's precisely why Paul says, Paul says, consider him Consider him who has endured the cross, 
and all the stuff that happened to him. Think about him. Spend time meditating on what he has done. Why? Because by doing that, by doing that, you will gain the courage that you need. How so? How is it? How could it be possible? Well, let's put that statement out there. Because as you consider how Jesus endured for you, you will be encouraged by the same joy that he was looking at when he was on the cross. It says that this joy set before him kept him on the cross, kept him in the court of, of, of Pilate, in the court of Caiaphas, kept him there focused on saving you because he saw you at the table with him when his kingdom is finally fulfilled. His joy set before him. And if you are able to consider him and what he has done for you and think about every day of your life. Think about, focus on, fix your eyes and consider how he has endured. That, that will allow you to go through your stuff, your crosses, your Gethsemanes, your Pilate's courts. See, he understands that it, 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 for you and I in 2023, this thing about the cross and the resurrection seems like a faraway place and a faraway time that applies to other people. We talked about the, the resurrection last time. And even, but even then, that happened a long time ago. Even if I know the resurrection is real, how is that going to bring me joy today? Well, according to this, it says, consider him so that you will not grow weary. The best antidote to discouragement then is looking at the cross every single day. Simple, huh? Because when you look at what Jesus did for you, that joy that was set before him becomes a reality to your life and you're able to endure what you have to endure. You're able to endure the difficult times in your life. And one of the best ways to consider what he has done for us is by partaking of communion. He told us to do this. He said, do this. Do this to remember. Don't, don't forget what I've done for you. Don't get so distracted and so, so burdened down by the things of this life and the, and the, the academics and the, and the tests and the jobs and the, the, the relationships that, that don't seem to work out and, and by doing, trying to do all these things and check all these, all these boxes. Don't be so burdened down and distracted that you forget me and what I've done for you. He said, do this to remember me, the early church. The early church lived this. They did it in the houses. When it says they broke bread together, it's not just talking about having a meal. It was a spiritual meal. And if you read the, the, the let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. I like reading from here because it's one of the earliest, 
one of the earliest records that we have of, of the Lord's Supper and how the early church did it. And there's issues going on in, the, in this chapter. It's kind of interesting. It seems like they weren't taking it seriously, some of them. And, and then they were like, you know, like they weren't eating. He said, well, eat at home so that you get together and you can break bread. Meaning you can have communion without, without uh, dishonoring the, the, the symbols of Christ's body and Christ's blood. But, but let, me, let me remind you what this says, what Paul says here. I, I love this. We, and I've been, I've been reading this throughout these weeks. Uh, we even read this when we had the uh, little agape feast and communion for, for the HMS Richards kids. It was such a beautiful time. Let me read this to you. This is, this is 1 Corinthians. Let's, uh, I think I have it on the screen, at least where, where it is. But I want you to read it on your, on your Bible. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 through 26. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. This is one of the first written records we have. So turn there. Because he says, if we consider what he has done for us, we will re receive strength and courage. We will receive joy, even in the middle of our crisis. It's possible. It's possible. So, here it is, verse 23. For I received from the Lord, says Paul, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, that was Thursday night, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it to remember me. In remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until when? Until he comes. So, Paul says, as you do this to remember Jesus, as you consider and participate of, of the bread and the Jews, as you wash each other's feet, you are considering what he has done for you. You are reliving those moments that happened 1,992 years ago. You are reliving that and making it real in your life. And as you do, his joy will become a reality in your life. As you do, you will not only say that you, are believe, you believe that his death and resurrection is real not only even saying that that he is your savior but that he will come back for you I believe it was in the Vespers last night that Chaplain Carlos was mentioning was talking preaching testifying how Jesus promised to come back the second coming the advent of God well, you know the best way to proclaim that Jesus is coming back soon is? <laughs> Communion. That's what he says. Every time you do this, you are proclaiming that he saves you, but that he is also coming back until he comes. 
Because Jesus promised, he made a promise. He said that night, that Thursday night, he told his disciples, I have been wanting to have this with you. I have been looking forward to this moment. Because this will be the last time I partake of, the, of this bread and this juice until I come back for you. Until you are at my table in the new kingdom. So he is making a promise. He is making, he is making a commitment that he's not going to drink. He's not having communion in heaven on his own. He's not sitting around the table with, with Moses and Elijah and partaking of the bread and the grape juice. He's not. He promised, he said, the next time I do this will be when you all are with me at my table again. So the best way to announce the second advent is to join together in communion. Do what Jesus told us to do. Scooping down to wash each other's feet. To say, you know what? I'm going to continue to put you first. I'm going to carry your burdens. I'm going to continue to love you. Whoever it is that you partner up with. And by the way, you can, if you find someone that, that hasn't done it yet, but you have already done it, it's okay to do it more than once. The Bible doesn't say that you can only do it once at communion time. Sometimes we feel, no, it's okay to, to help with somebody else if they haven't found a partner. Jesus did it how many times that night? Did he wash Judas' feet? Yes, he did. He washed Judas' feet. And he washed all the, all the disciples, even Peter, even though Peter said, no, no, you're not going to wash me well. He said, if I don't, you don't have part with me. And Peter said, oh, then watch all of me. He said, Peter, you're not really understanding. You will. <laughs> you will. It's like a mini baptism. Allowing your brother, your sister, whoever it is, your, your family member, and even your kids. This is a moment for you to teach your kids, your children. If somebody has never done it before, let me show you how to do it. We don't grow up doing this stuff unless somebody teaches us to do it. Right? So this is, this is how we do it. And this is why we do it. It's like Passover. When, when God gave Passover to the Israelites, he told them, your children are going to ask you, why are you doing this? Why are you eating unleavened bread? Why not let it rise and have nice big bread? <laughs> why are you doing all this stuff and you are supposed to tell them God said you are supposed to tell them because I took you out of Egypt because the Lord took you from slavery out of Egypt into the promised land and we shall not forget that's why we do it so God said teach your children teach each generation and so we shall teach each generation with communion with washing of the feet and they're going to ask us, Daddy, why are you washing your feet? That's kind of weird. Huh. And we're going to tell them, because Jesus did it to his disciples. Because it's a symbol of our love for each other, our unity. Oh, we will not, we will not always agree. Of course not. We are humans. We are in different journeys. That's okay. 
but it's not okay to stop washing each other's feet and having communion together. And when our children ask us, today is an opportunity to teach them, this is why we do this. Because Paul said, consider him, consider what he has done for you. Today, we are stopping to consider not just the painful experience of the cross, but his love, his joy, his assurance. I will get you through this. I will come back for you. This is, this is the reality of my love for you. Embrace it. So today, no matter what experience you have had till this moment, God has brought you to this moment. Don't miss out on having unity with the body of Christ and having unity with Christ himself. Because it is through communion that we can experience the joy of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Yeah, let's put, let's put that statement up. There it is through communion. This is the best way. I didn't make it up. This is what Jesus told us. It is through communion that you and I can experience the power of his resurrection. So why would you not allow that to change your life? Why would you close your heart to it? And we in the Adventist church practice open communion, meaning nobody is going to stand at the door and tell you, well, you didn't come last week, or, well, you haven't paid your tithe, or <laughs> you're not baptized yet. No. It is between you and the Lord. We just make this available because Jesus told us to. We are his ambassadors. What else are we supposed to do? He said that the first angel holds the eternal gospel in his hands to all kindred and, 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 and nations and tongues. This is the eternal gospel. And we shall, we shall experience his joy, his power until he comes back again. And this is the, way, the best way to do it. His joy for you today, if I had to sum it up, his joy for you today, well, let's put up my little list. His joy for you today means that he's, he may, he's making abundant life for you. He said, I want you to have it abundantly, not like the world gives it to you. Not like, you, you know, you, you just have fun for a second and then you feel worse than you did before. No, he said, I want it to be real. I want you, I want you to experience life to the fullest, the, man, the way it was meant to be, with health, healthy relationships. Those of us who went to Costa Rica last mission trip, we, we know this as pura vida. <laughs> Jesus made that up. This is real life. You will not start living real life until you surrender your heart to Jesus. You think you have lived. You think you have had good experiences. But it's not until you bring your heart to the altar of Jesus. In this case to his table and say here I am. I'm broken as I am. But you say you love me. 
I'm ready to embrace your love. Until you do that, you will not really experience pure, abundant life. That's what he has for you. He gives you peace. Peace from being forgiven. Today, I tell you, I promise you, you can have that peace of being forgiven. Sometimes, the hardest person to forgive is yourself. Oh, you forgive other people. You're nice and kind to them. But you keep treating yourself, trying to... Uh, trying to show God that, that you understand the, the, the evil in your heart. And, and so you carry this around and you think, you think this is pleasing to God. But in reality, it's an insult to his love. If he died on the cross and he said, that was enough. I don't need anything else to show you that I love you. I don't need anything else to be able to forgive you. I've done it all for you. If he claims that you are his child, then who are you not to forgive yourself? In Christ, do not justify your sins. Do not say, oh, my lie is not that bad. My whatever it is, right? No, it's not. It is bad. But in Christ... You can forgive yourself because of what he has done for you. That's what love does. It allows you freedom. It gives you peace. Oh, some of you have never experienced this. Uh, you might have grown up in the church, but you have a hard time with this because you feel like if you do that, you're going to let go of your, of, of, you're not going to, you know, I have to, you know, I have to put something in it. You bring your brokenness, embrace his love, he will transform you, and the end result is your total surrender and service to him. That's it. Don't try to add something else to his merits for you. He gives you peace. Today you can experience that. He gives you assurance. Assurance that you are loved. At the end of the day, all of us want to feel that we are loved. That's what everybody wants, regardless of how you, what, your background, or, or if you're a Christian or not. The one thing you wish the most for, the one thing you crave, is to feel loved. All of us. That's how God created us. <laughs> for the... For those in, uh, in my wife's class, that's lesson for loving number one. <laughs> we are created to love. Well, I tell you today, you've come to the right place. You can have the assurance that you are loved, are ready to begin with. You don't have to try hard to fit in. You don't have to add something in order to be loved. No, you are already loved. Open your eyes. It is real. It is true. You are already God's child. Does he want to transform you? Yes. Is, he, is it painful for him to watch the wrong choices that you make? Yes. But it doesn't change his love for you. So, 
Today you can experience the assurance, everything you've been looking for, all your dreams come true in Jesus Christ. The one gift of the Father for you. Isn't that amazing? That's what is being offered to you today at his table. Assurance that you are truly loved. You don't have to join any club. You don't have to do anything. We, we, we look for things and... No, this is who you are. Your identity in Christ starts with his love. And yes, finally, I would say, today you can experience the hope, the hope in the reality that all his story is true. Everything is true. He died 2,000 years ago. He resurrected. It is true. And it changes everything. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of, of what will happen. Now, all of a sudden, when you think about stuff in our lives, it seems almost insignificant. Why are you so, so stressed out about college when you think about that he resurrected for you? Now, think about it. Right? It will be okay if you put your life in his hands. Why are we stressed out about our jobs? Why we just get so stressed out, we get so worked up about little things. Because we stop considering what he has done for us. Everything is in the right perspective when we consider how he endured for us. His story is true. So I say to you, let his blood and his body bring you abundant life today. Let his blood and, and his body give you peace that you are forgiven. Let him give you assurance today that you are loved. Allow him to love you the way he wants to love you. Let him show you that everything he has said about you is true. That is my appeal for you today. It, it's, it's not, I'm not going to ask you if, if anybody wants to come up front today. What I'm going to say is participate. Join us in sitting with Jesus at his table. Why would you reject his joy for you today? That's my appeal. There are several rooms for food washing. One for families, the fellowship hall, or anyone who wants to use that, you're free to use that one, of course. There's a room for gentlemen. There's a room for ladies alone. We even will have a couple of, if, if there's any of you with really, really young children and you want to stay in the mother's room, we'll have food washing there too, if that helps you. We just want to make it available to anybody. My appeal is, join Jesus. Let him wash you. Let him give you. Embrace his love for you. And I can tell you, everything in life will fall into place. No, it won't be easy. You will still have to endure. But he will strengthen you. 
He will give you joy even in the middle of your crisis. Now, as you come back from food washing, there will be deacons stationed around the sanctuary here, the balcony. Gluten-free will be right outside the lobby. As you come back from your food washing, I want you to go ahead and find the deacon, the usher that is closest to where you're sitting, and grab the juice and the wine and the, the, the bread from there and sit down and reflect on what Jesus has done for you. And when we are all served, then we will participate together. Does that sound like a plan? You want to receive his joy? There's healing here. There's healing here for you. Embrace it. Take advantage of it. If you have any questions, you know, I can't find the room, please let us know. There's deacons. Just ask around. Don't feel bad. Again, if you've already done it, but you see a brother or a sister that needs a partner, just stop by and ask him. This is what we're doing. We're a church. We're a family. It's okay. It's okay. And then, when we come back together, we will sit at his table to experience his joy today. Let me pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we are just following and doing what you told us to do. Jesus said, do this. Every time you do this, you're going to remember, you're going to consider what I've done. You're going to remember my joy for you. Every time you do this, it's going to strengthen you and you're going to announce that I'm coming back. Here we are. 2,000 years later, we're still here, Lord. Your bride. Oh, imperfect though it may be, we're still here. And you love each person here so much. Some of us struggle with just letting go and letting you do for us what only you can do. I pray that today somebody experiences your joy truly from the inside. That they put their life in perspective as they look at what you've done for them. As we conclude our sermon series, as we conclude the season of looking, looking at the anniversary of Jesus' death and resurrection, that, that it will just inspire us every day to consider what you have done for us so that we too will not grow weary and faint. But we will walk with joy in our hearts until you come back again. Oh Lord, I pray that is soon. But we give that timing in your, in your hands. For now, here we are. Today we wash each other's feet and we sit at your table. We are not worthy. But in the merits of Christ, we come to your presence. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So I invite you to find whatever partner you want, find whatever room is best for you.
meantime, I'll invite those of you who are here to turn your hymnals to number 108 and sing with me. One hundred and eight. As we contemplate what He has done for us. Here we go. to endure through them this fourth verse talk about talks about that 108 fourth verse through many dangers tolls and snares I have already come to his grace the
let's turn to 159. 159. This is one of my favorite, favorite uh, hymns that I grew up with back in Argentina. Oh, El Monte Calvario in Spanish. The old rugged cross. 159. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And thy love, that old cross, where the dearest Thank you. 
to sit. Uh, if, you, if you've been here with me since the beginning, you can go ahead and find the deacon that's closest to you and, and grab your little cup, grab the piece of bread and hold it and think about what Jesus has done, has done for you as we wait for the others to come in. We're just kind of reflecting by singing hymns. Let's do another one of my favorites. Since I'm at the piano, I get to choose my favorites. Uh, so we're going to do, I will sing of Jesus' love, 183. And it might be a little difficult, obviously, to look at your hymnal. Uh, the cup you can also put in, the, in front of you. The pew has a little cup holder. You can leave it there until we're ready. One hundred and eighty-three. I will sing. Of Jesus' love, sing of Him who first loved me, for He left Thy bright worlds above and died on Calvary. I love this. I will sing of Jesus. I 
I will sing His love for me. And you know the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Let's sing that first verse, okay? What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, privilege to carry, everything to God in just thinking that um, talking about unity one of the themes that Christ had during the ordinance of humility was unity and after that in John 17 he says that they all may be one <laughs> as thou father art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us. Why? That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. I'm going to play a little song. It's called Harbored in Jesus. But basically it talks about being in Jesus. As I'm playing this thing, just, just concentrate or meditate on that idea of being one with Jesus.
pick out another song to sing. Power in the Blood. Do you know that song? Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. That's not a hymnal. <laughs> oh, I got several of them. Well, let's just start. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would your evil the victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And then we got another song here we're going to sing. I think most people are back. It's called More About Jesus. I think it's 245 in your hymnal if you want to. We're going to sing all four verses. More about Jesus. That's really why we come here, isn't it? We want to know more about Jesus. And when you eat that little bread, I know many times I've wanted to eat that bread more and more because uh, it tastes so good. Same thing with Jesus. The more you get about him. With us at the table of Jesus this morning, and you haven't gotten your bread and your juice, just raise your hand. The deacons will come to you. So if there's any, as we sing this beautiful song, feel free to reach out to one of the, the deacons, the ushers. They are looking out for people that might have not gotten it on their way back for food washing. As we sing this song, this song you can, you can make sure you... You get yours. More about Jesus I would know. More is grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More and more about Jesus. Glory all is on 
Matthew, Matthew 26 relates the story when Jesus was preparing for the Passover with his disciples. And he told them, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Today, it's still the same. Jesus is saying, I want to keep Passover at your house. <laughs> He's still saying, tell them, tell them, my time is near. My time is near. I want to eat and sit down at the table with them. So the Lord has come to your house today. Healing and joy and power and forgiveness has come to Campion today. Why? Because there is a Savior who died and resurrected and he told us to celebrate in this way. So we're going to read a little bit of scripture and then pray and then participate together. I will be reading from the prophet Isaiah. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Luke 22, 14 through 20, and it says, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup and after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. Shall we pray? Most merciful and loving God, Thank you for this communion service that we may come together in remembrance of you. Bless this unleavened bread that commemorates your body broken for us, and this wine which symbolizes your blood shed to fulfill the covenant and deliver us from the grasp of sin. As we partake of these emblems that represent your body, have them permeate each and every part of our physical and spiritual body so that we may be transformed into your likeness. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to live with you forever, starting here on earth and extending throughout eternity. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Loving Lord, we're so grateful for this sacrifice you made for your resurrection, that you did it for the joy that was set before you. I pray that we would leave this place uh, infused with your joy, that we would have a renewed joy in you and our relationship with you, and we would uh, show that to the world. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let us embrace his love today then and participate together. Amen. The Bible says that after they partook together of the first communion, they sang a hymn, and of course we have to do the same, of course. As we close this sermon series, as we close our celebration of the anniversary of Jesus' love for us, may it be something that you can remember, may it be something that every day you can look back to, don't let any day go by without you being in awe at the depth of his love for you. Because that is the only way that you will find joy in the crisis of your life.
Jesus, your name is still powerful today. Somebody today needed to hear, needed to know that your joy was for them. And need, they needed to know that your love is real. Father, bring everyone to you. Draw us close to you. Give us your peace. Shalom. And bless each person here, young and old, that they will take this challenge with us, that not a day of our lives will go by without considering how you endured out of your love, out of the joy for us. May this blessing be real every day until you come in the most beautiful and wonderful and powerful name, Jesus Christ. Let the church say, Amen.